And I'm Ashley. And, and this, this is, is Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Oh my God. You guys, this is the last episode that we will ever record in my current apartment. And and I'm moving on Thursday and it'll sound completely different. Like, you guys don't even understand how much the ambiance in here affects our voices, our tone. Yeah, the asbestos is like <laughs> scratching at our at our throats. The the landlord who's just a chihuahua that roams free is barking in the background. The little mouse who's been doing sound for us on every episode. We're gonna have to hire a new mouse. <laughs> the of the dripping ceiling. <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna miss every moment. Um, before we leap too far into this, I just want to give a quick shout out to the people who reviewed us on iTunes, Jazzy Faye. Um, my username used to be Ashley Jazzy, so don't be embarrassed. Uh, Tanya Cake, I do not hate you because you're short. I love you for that reason. Fizzabizzer and Yehizabizzabz. <laughs> I made Ashley read those out before we started recording just to make sure she was like reading them correctly. Oh yeah, you guys. I don't know if you know this because we never talked about it on the podcast, but from reading your review names, I learned I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I do think you're a little bit dyslexic. I think I'm actually a lot dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> your mom got mad at me recently and said she's just numbers dyslexic. And I was like... That's a big lot of them. <laughs> That's a good chunk okay. of life. I do think I'm mostly just numbers dyslexic, but also some of the letters that look a lot like numbers. I don't even, you know what it is? I think it might even still just be your ADD because I do think you look at words like don't and just see do because you get bored finishing it. <laughs> and, but then the problem is sometimes it does read a completely different word and a completely different meaning. What was the, it was bear claw. You were like bar claw. And I do no, think you it love was a bar. bar flower, and I said bear claw. And for Walter Mellets, I said water mullets. <laughs> or water melts, I think. I don't know. It was. Anyway, I do think it's a big symptom of my ADD that I didn't know I had until I started taking Adderall for weight loss purposes and found that it improved my entire life. Adderall, everyone should be on Adderall. That's one of my big beliefs. I know, I know. But I'm just saying like my thought process and work ethic changed completely in a way where I was like, I don't feel like I'm on speed. I feel like I'm yeah, people doing like, what I'm supposed to be doing. When people are like, oh my God, I t hate taking Adderall because it just like fucks me up mentally. I'm like, oh no, I, I'm like finally calm. Yeah. I feel finally calm. That brings us to our first story of the week. You said you had a benchmark for self-improvement. Oh, yeah. So I, well, I don't know if I would call this a benchmark for self-improvement. It was more of an epiphany that I just wanted to share on the podcast for those who are tracking my personal growth. That's me. I realized a pattern. <gasps> Ooh. A pattern. How fun. It turns out that everyone that I have had a crush on in the last two years has been I'm so only, scared. You're going to say an, an astrology thing. No, I was just going to say only the most unavailable people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> oh, interesting. And I wonder if there's, you know, I haven't really put together a conclusion yet, but I think there's something there because um, Matt, my ex-boyfriend, was very emotionally unavailable. Yes. Um, the first guy that I really liked after Matt was probably still in a relationship and lying about it. Yes. Unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> and then this other guy that I went out with recently who I had quite a crush on was physically unavailable. He is one of the only, he has a job where he's like truly one of the only people in this pandemic who is genuinely too busy to ever hang out. Like That's he, such a funny, like what could that job be? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's not a politician. <laughs> <laughs> but he does work like seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And, um, 
And I was like, oh, cool. And then I like kind of liked him and was sad that he didn't have time to ever hang out again. And I was like, wait a second. Do I like the unavailables? Huh? I love that. I love that epiphany. I think that there's something to it. Once again, yet to draw a full conclusion, but I just wanted to um, put a little tab in that page. I like that. I'm excited. I really feel like we're like we're chipping away. We're chipping away at my stuff. Uh, <laughs> Do you, have you ever read a self help book? Um, Paris's book was a self help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paris has been some really good relationships. Um, I um, wonder. Like, it'd be interesting. I I wish you yeah. would do stuff like that and then check back in every week and then. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'll start. I did start listening to this podcast. Wait, can I share with you guys this insight? I started listening to a podcast from this like relationship coach because my friend Cody recommended it to me and we talk a lot about relationship stuff together because we're both single bitches. And he had this um, episode a week or two ago. If you DM me, I'll just send you the link because I honestly can't remember his name right now. But it was about how we conflate um, romantic or like really good moments with potential for a really good relationship like when you have a really great date or like when you're in person with someone and you guys have just like a really great vibe then you think that that means that you have the potential to have like a great relationship with them but that's not what the potential for a great relationship is it's like the efforts you make towards seeing each other again towards like doing things for one another towards like actual relationship things not just vibing in the moment that's so interesting and such a good point. And you know what? Yes. I was like, I do that with everything. Like every time I have like an incredible conversation with a guy that I'm on a date with, I'm like, we could, we're perfect together because we really riffed and had fun talking. But then if they're on text or like not really good at making plans or like all of these things, then I like don't take that as a sign that we're not looking for the same things. Which is, that's the only sign that we're not looking for the same things, is if we're aiming to do the same things. That is such a good insight and such a good thing to notice. I remember a lot of times you justified being with Matt. You're like, well, I sleep really comfortably with him. You're like, a really good sign. No, but we also had fun together. No, I know you had fun, but I was going to make the joke that that Mm -hmm. is, like, to be like, it's really comfortable to be asleep next to him is like, so when (laughs) neither of us are conscious, it's perfect. (laughs) No, but I think, you know, know, I just had that thought about Max specifically because, um... Oh, there was a We Met at Acme poll that was like, is the person you're with right now like one of your best dates? And I'm somebody who's very like, like impulsive. Like, let's go do this, let's go do that. And like, Max is definitely not an impulsive person and he's very, he's like slow to open up. So it was definitely like, like I really liked him and I had a crush on him and, and like I always have fun with him, but he's definitely like opened up and it's gotten, it's a relationship that like every time we hung out, it got better and better. But like, like did the best one hour of date. You know what I mean? I think I've had a great first dates. I'm a great first dater. And then the second date sucks. Yeah. But it's like Mac is like a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. And you guys like continuously like kept working towards one another. It wasn't like, and that's like what a relationship is. And I got to know him more and more. And like the more I met him, the more I liked him. Whereas I think I, in previous times can go out on a date and I'm so upfront. I'm so like all in yeah. minute one that I think a lot of times people think we have this incredible connection because nobody's ever been so like freakishly open and honest and chatty before. And then the next date, there's like this sudden realization that it's like, oh, we didn't have a connection. You just have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll open up to anybody. I feel like I definitely end up in that situation a lot where like guys think that, like it made me realize that a lot of guys think the way about me that I've thought about 
like just because I just because you vibe in the moment doesn't mean there's potential for a thing. You have to both be making equal efforts at each other to move things forward. Yes. A relationship is different than like a yeah. fun hang. Yeah. A relationship, <laughs> yeah. A relationship is like respect and caring. just because there's like sparks doesn't mean that's like a spark for a relationship. It just means that like maybe you two guys just had a fun day. Yeah. So that was very helpful for me. And I hope it was helpful for at least one person listening because I know you guys don't like when we ramble off topic up top. But I do, I do think, think this you was brought something to the table impactful. With anyway, Claire, how was your week? Um, oh, yeah. The- wait, I was going to say the title of my memoir due to the moving is Move Bitch in honor of Paris's iconic T-shirt. Go on. <laughs> OK, I don't know what my my title of my memoir this week would be. Onwards and upwards, baby steps. Let's go. I like really <laughs> I did my seven days of salary and I put it on my Twitter, I do think it works well. I had my friend just sent me her 24-hour results. I highly recommend it if you have, like, an event, like a wedding, and you need, like, a two-handed punch and, like, a mask isn't going to cut it. Like, if you feel exhausted, if, like, you're feeling splotching your butt. 16 ounces of plain celery on an empty stomach, you will notice the differences the next day. Oh my God. That's a really good idea to do it for like events. If you've been like uh, dehydrated or whatever, I mean, it's cheap. If you have a juicer, if it's not a juicer, I just think it might be worth it, but you really will notice immediately the difference in your skin. I was brighter. I was less blotchy. Um, My skin tone was more even the circles under my eyes were like half of the darkness and the depth that they were like, it really, really, really changes the game. And I don't know why or how, but I've now, like now that my friend did it too and saw the results, I'm like, okay, this is real. Um, if this podcast ever gets nominated for an Oscar, I'll make sure to do celery before leading up to it so that we look extra glowy. And I do think it's nice to know that like it's not something it's not like one of those things like a diet or a healthy lifestyle where you have to do it every day for months. Yeah. It really does work within the first two or three days. It's a little booster upper. Yeah. And so and then I, I mean know. if I had done a mask and put on makeup, I really do think it like it gives you a good foundation. Wow. Like I wouldn't say I have perfect skin now, but I do think I have a much better overall texture and glow. I think your skin looks nice. Thank you. Um okay. Any other any other hits this week? Or should we just play the number one hits this week's episode? Let's play that. I am so excited for today's guest. She is, first of all, a hilarious stand-up. I it's truly so funny. I have always loved her stand-up. She is a writer on The President Show. She's a writer on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Don't know if you've heard about it. It's only a top hit show of all time. Speaking of Oscars. About, <laughs> about <laughs> comedy, comedians. Um, she's hilarious. She has some of the best insights on Y2K stuff. I mean, she like really couldn't have been a better guest for this episode. We're so excited to have her. Yeah. We are talking about Paris again this week. We're diving further into her book, Confessions of an Heiress and give it up for Allison Leiby. First off, welcome to the podcast. I'm thank you so much honored. for doing this. Thank you so much for doing homework. Honored <laughs> to be the one who got to read this book. And I say book in the loosest of quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will get there. I really yeah. was like, before we dive into this book, we have to explain to people what this what, book is. Yeah, what this is. Could yes. it be called a book? <laughs> There's a, but before so, we get there, let's um, tell me before you picked up this book, book like. <laughs> structure <laughs> um a collection of pages for sure <laughs> yeah, it is made of paper and bound that, i think situation yes. <laughs> um what was your opinion of one paris hilton i love paris hilton um not in a like 
I want to be her or like her. Um, but, but at least I now you have a manual if you do want to be her. I know. There's so <laughs> many good heiress tips. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm obsessed with like the, the mid aughts, like 2004 to 2009, I think is like our culture's most interesting time. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with that era. And so like any, any like ephemera from it, like this book is just like extremely at my alley. I like, I think that she doesn't take herself super seriously. And like, obviously we'll see evidence of that when we get into this, uh, written piece. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. I think she's fun. I mean, she sucks in a lot of the ways that like, of course she does. She's like an heiress. So she's like generational wealth to like the worst extent, but like, at least she's having fun with it and isn't like, I don't know. I'd rather someone like Paris Hilton, who's like, I really like going to Tokyo for my birthday, but that's why I have five birthdays in Paris, London, <laughs> LA, and like, you know, New York or whatever. It's like better than like somebody who's like, oh no, I'm not like super. It's like, but you're still a rich lady. So just like be yeah. a rich lady. And I she's a think, rich lady. I kind of think we can get into this later, but I do think it's really fascinating the way that there are so many like uber wealthy people who like operate by this like unwritten, but also probably written somewhere rule book of like, definitely. It might snobbery. be thicker than <laughs> And they just like have to follow these rules and they have this etiquette and they all just like are annoying about it. And the way that she has kind of just like thrown that book out the window and been like, I'm going to write my own literal rule book of like how to just, yeah. She's like, I have all this money and I'm beautiful so, like, why shouldn't I have the funnest life? Like, why am I beholden right. to these weird rules? And she just decided not to be. <laughs> and I, I respect that. I mean, we I just know. watched the Paris Hilton documentary, which oh, now yeah. she's 40 in it, or almost 40, I should say. <laughs> right. And, of course, Nikki, who at one point was seemed like she's on the same track as Paris as being, like, the party girl, has now become a Rothschild. So, really departed yeah, from the party lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I just say, between Paris between Nikki Hilton and Nikki Rothschild, I'll take the fucking Hilton sisters. Like every time, every it's time. not fun to watch people who think their money makes them better than you. I think right. Paris has this idea that her money allows her to do whatever she wants, mm-hmm. which is true. And <laughs> yes, very. and I think I'd rather someone think honestly think that than truly at their core think my money makes me superior and not yes. my money makes me free. Yeah, I think that she's like having money is good, and I have a lot of it, so that's a good thing. I don't get the sense. I also don't think that like people who are as wealthy as she is from birth um, or at least from like a young age, like ever can really understand like the dynamics of like wealth, but she doesn't seem to be like, she's condescending in like a joking way and like a terrible way too. She's like, "Mm, don't be poor. But like, (laughs) she's saying that like as an actual, like that's advice for her. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, you shouldn't be poor. Being rich is absolutely better. And like when I think about, like dreaming of being super rich, the life, like the reasons are to be like Paris. Like the goal is to just like go on vacations and like go on a yacht. And then like, if like she decided she wanted to be a singer, so she released music, like just picking the exact things that you want to do and doing them all the time. Yeah. However you want to. And I think I would, so now we just watched the documentary. So now I feel like I had like uh, retroactive context for her mm-hmm. and just this idea that she really did create a persona specifically and in this book you see the persona and what I do think she did that's kind of genius that she did like specifically as a branding maneuver that I now see and I was saying this is like the blueprint for like a Caroline Calloway or an Anna Delvey sure. is that 
there's what it is to be super wealthy. And then there is what it is to think it's like to be super wealthy and what she figured out. And the way she was able to build her fame is to say, I'm going to embody what people think they want. And that is actually much more important because the truth is most people don't know what it's like being uber, uber wealthy. Like most people do not understand. Mm -mm. Like when they see that a 20% tip on below deck is $20,000. They're like, yeah, grapple with that. That a yacht, super yacht vacation is 100K in a week. A, th- a three-day like, vacation. Yeah. And I'm just like, so <laughs> she, like most people don't, I think, understand really all the elements of being rich. And she's like, I'm not going to bring you into the debutante society. I'm not going to bring you into the Rothschild society. I'm going to bring you into your own fantasies. It's very much like the yeah. John Mulaney joke about Donald Trump is what a poor man is, like a rich man is or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the genius. Because I do, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I think that like, that's because the real rich people shit is disappointing. Like, I don't know. I feel like every time I like get a sort of glimpse of any kind, like every, I don't know any true rich people, but like, I feel like Claire knows a couple like Upper East Side, like oil barons or something. Some, I don't really know. <laughs> I have some friends in that world. I've had some truly boring times at Hampton's houses with full, it'll just be a Saturday afternoon kickback. And this involves a full catering. There's, there's a man oh, who's yeah. working the pizza oven. There's people walking around with sliders. There's people picking up your Corona bottles and you're all 19 and you're just sitting there. And I've been like, these fucking people are just not funny. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, they're not. I mean, I, my, my friend who's from the, family with the most wealth of like all of my friends is a party animal. Um, but it's a different kind. Like I'm like, Oh, like when I go have a crazy night and it's like, Oh no, drugs are involved. Like, okay, this is tomorrow's going to be tough. I still have to work this way. Like that's not part of his. He's like, yeah, it's 6 PM. We do cocaine now. Yeah. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like a job. Very... They've made the partying their job. And, and, he way, has a, and not fun. And he even has a job, but it's like, it's like your, your approach to like what your life is, is just a different day to day. Um, yeah, it's so weird because mega rich is like being obsessed with money, but having literally no concept of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, so Paris. Paris. I would love to get is- to what this book was. <laughs> <laughs> How would you well, define when it? When it? it- <laughs> When it came in the mail, I would say it's three magazines stapled together. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> truly it came when it came in the mail and I opened it, I was like, oh, the size of this tells me what it is. Like, yes. <laughs> this format is not um, you know, literary. At one point Claire called it. <laughs> it's <a> yearbookish. <laughs> it is very yearbookish. I've decided uh, what I would describe it as is a 17 magazine, but if it was meant to be read by actual 17-year-olds. Yes. Yes. Like, you know how 17 magazines kind of for 13 year olds? 13 year olds. And then yeah. Cosmo is for 17 year olds. Like, you yes. have to. This Everything is, goes down a couple of years, always. This is if Cosmo, like, was allowed to fucking let loose. <laughs> I know. Oh my yeah. God. It's even just like when you open it and it's just like a collage of photos as like the end pages, you're just like, yep, that's correct. End like pages, the, beginning pages, some of the middle pages. Most I do. of the middle pages. I mean, like the pull quote, like the blurb on the inside of the hardcover jacket is from Clark, Carmen Electra. <laughs> yes. So it's like we know exactly what we're getting. With I do. Book. Well, we're, I got real quick here while we're talking about magazines. She has some of some of the most on point observations, which I do think are so funny. I just want to quote this one. Mm-hmm. So she's talking about how to get a good photos yourself. And she said, it always helps to be friends with the editors of magazines. And yes, then she goes, try to keep certain editors from hating you. Although it's inevitable if you, you're an heiress and chances are they're not. And then quotations or in parentheses. Heiress editors only work at Town and & Country and Vogue. Nikki has done a little guest editing for Marie Claire. 
That is very <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I think, and obviously, like, she didn't. Well, I go back and forth on how much of this she wrote, like, mm-hmm. capital W wrote, because, like, I was like, oh, like, somebody just, like, slapped this together, and she, like, gave them a couple of, like, pull quotes, and that's it. But then I was but, like, she had a mood board. Like, like don't you think like, she came with a mood board? <laughs> I think she wrote a lot more of this than people probably assume. It's very her. I'm sure there's, like, you know, a yeah. lot of chunks where she was, like, Mm, like talk about how like Paris is named after me. <laughs> like it's like, I think that she like gets it and like didn't do too much work, but like it is her voice. Like Merle Ginsburg did a good job. Like capturing it. <laughs> I could see but, if that is a Merle. Cause sometimes there are little jabs at other rich people. Another one mm-hmm. is she talks about hating PR girls with, um, what is it? Oh, hating the fake PR heiresses. Yeah, oh, yes. but, like, also just the way – I kind of think, like, the more expository parts are, like, probably not her. But, like, the tips and the random, like, observations yes. in bullet points feel – like, who could have come up with that? I don't know. Maybe I'm naive where I'm no, like, how I could someone have written this for her? Like, who would have said no. these things? I think it's her. I have a couple of, uh, before we dive into specifics, just some general thoughts and notes on like the layout of the book um, (laughs) and how nothing, uh, none of the, I guess, 3,000 photos in this are captioned or like have any um, text associated with them except for her fashion don'ts. Yes. And there she felt like I have to like point to this and be like, Never pose with your arms up like this. This is a bad pose. Why was I wearing two cuffs? I look so stupid. Like whatever. Which is very. I love when she calls it the Um, the why pose because she's like the why would you pose pose. like this pose? (laughs) That's that feels like Merle. Um, That was Merle. That that made me laugh. But like the fact that none of the photos are captioned and they're just kind of slapped and they don't always actually have to do with what she's writing about, but also the layout of like, I, this is a podcast. Look, no one can see this, but like when they have the column of like magenta and a photo and then the text spills into it and it's like, not even like, it's just hard to read. It (laughs) is very, well, here's what I want to say. So from the documentary, we learned that Paris loves to scrapbook. That's her like go-to hobby. You can tell. And she goes to her grandfather's house at one point and he has like, she pulls out like bulletin boards basically that she has scrapbooked for him. And I do believe that maybe she laid this out because that is something she like loves to do. I think she definitely did. Um, I love, yeah, all. And then it's like the, the heiress tips are like all over the place. But I was, when I was reading it, it was like, on page six, she's like, especially at the age of 21, I'm 23 now. And like, <laughs> she's like, she's writing this as if she's like, has so much distance from like her young self. And it's, it's like, so, you're 23 years old. I will say I'm happy that she specifically called out her age in this because mm-hmm. this book reads so 23. Oof. Every single word of this, I'm just like, good Lord. Like when she's like, honestly, you can just eat fast food and it's fine. <laughs> The, yes, the, I would say the eating parts, especially, I'm like, this is a metabolism of somebody who has not turned 25 yet. (laughs) Yeah. It's just very specific, like, not, like, there's nothing healthy to, like, her entire, like. Oh, we were calling out specifically when she gives you the literal advice that something a lot of people don't know is you can just sleep in your makeup. (laughs) 
Oh my God. She literally specifically says you can, I will say that I found this book to be pretty funny and most of the advice to be like weirdly useful, but that piece, Not all sleep in your lashes, I was like, this is potentially hazardous. It's like yeah. someone is going to wake Psychotic. up blind after reading right, this their book. eye like stuck shut. <laughs> Look, uh, but the part like speaking of health where she's like, people always talk about how I drink all the time, but like I barely drink. I like, which is objectively untrue there's so much evidence of like photographic evidence of her like holding drinks and drinking them at parties like every single night especially like with her and Brittany just like falling over she's like all you have to do is drink vitamin water all night and then you're sober enough to like go to the bathroom and touch up your makeup and I was like that is frankly a good tip that you don't follow (laughs) I I bought it I did I like bought it because I know Kim K famously is not a big drinker and I do believe that like to always be out like that but to be like making moves sober would make sense but now that you're bringing up that she's lying I do recall that she's lying yeah but but I think that she probably I think there are probably lots of times where people assumed she was drinking a lot when she probably wasn't because like you can't I mean she was like into her late 20s while like the heyday of the tabloid like totally stuff with her Mm -hmm. and like all the girls was going on and it's like it does, like, only, Lin- like, Lindsay Lohan believably drank and did drugs every night because she looked like she was drinking and doing drugs every yeah. night. But I love that Paris is like, we just, I just drink a lot of energy drinks. And that's how I have the energy to stay up all night. And I was like, that's cocaine, bitch. Like, you are doing cocaine. <laughs> and, like, I guess she wasn't drinking that night. She got her DUI that sent her to jail, huh? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Was that too much vitamin water that, <laughs> that made her you? Her eyes are always, like, half closed. I'm like, oh, I need, I know she has the one eye that's, like, smaller and, and like, lazy, maybe. Um, um, it's definitely lazy. There's so many. There's so many photos of it, and I'm like, do we not address this? Um, <laughs> I think um, we should talk about the how to be an heiress tips as yes. like just a little way to dive yes. in because those mm-hmm. tips are like you said, all over the place. <laughs> They're all over the place. Well, both both in content and then I mean literally throughout the book. Just to like, so if in case anybody is unclear, this book is like a smattering of collage bullet points randomly she'll have like a paragraph expose about her sister and then it's back to just like scrapbooking it literally reads like a magazine on it every page is a different style of how information is conveyed and sometimes it's picture based sometimes it's picture with caption sometimes Mm -hmm. it's text over like columns color blocking (laughs) columns of color blocking sometimes it's like a short not short story, but it's like a, sometimes there is a cohesive couple paragraphs that are like, mm-hmm. this is what it was like growing up with my parents. They were actually right. stricter than you'd think. This is, right. And then other times it's just like, idea, idea, idea. Yeah. I will say <laughs> parts of it read like this was an outline for an actual memoir. And then they were like, what if we just left it? The outline. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That is absolutely 100% what this feels like. And it's like everything I read, I was like, I want tons more on this, but I don't yeah. even know what more would be. Like, yeah. Like, like I, I don't know what more is for her. Like, I feel like there should be more here, but like, what would it say? Just like flowerier language? I don't know that I need that. <laughs> I do I think know. Paris Hilton is an interesting like case study of, I do believe that her public persona is a facade. Mm-hmm. that she has created. But then I also believe that like the facade is a mask stuck to a woman who has disintegrated. <laughs> so like, what do you, like, I don't think <laughs> the facade is her, but I don't, but that's also all there is now. So I don't know what to like, what is she? <laughs> well, I, I always found like the, I think like anyone who uses, you know, like her baby voice that she like mm-hmm. uses so much in the press. And then like, when you do hear her talking regularly, it's such a different voice. Like it's such a giveaway for like, 
a lot is put on. Have mm-hmm. you guys ever met um, someone who like grew up in a bilingual home and their first language was not English, but now that they don't speak that language anymore, they actually like kind of don't know it? No. Yeah, I guess my friend grew up speaking. Yeah, I like do know people, like especially in Chicago. Like I know people who like, like their first language was Polish, but then they like as soon as they started going to school, they just like never spoke it again. And so then now they're like very into the fact that their first language was Polish, but like they don't know anything other than like colloquialisms or like things like basic conversational whatever and like I kind of feel like that's her like persona is like she did have a personality and then she put a different personality on top and then she forgot everything that was there and like it there's like little pieces that can shine through like she knows phrases but like there's not it's not a thing it's like more than anything she knows she used to know something yeah. <laughs> yes there yes. is a memory that at one point this was a choice she made but she can't remember she couldn't, like, go back out of the woods. Yeah. Right, no. She just has to go, like, deeper in. Yeah, the, de- the breadcrumbs have been consumed, and all that's left is the witch's house. Yes. <laughs> I love, like, because, like, there's all the tips, but then there's, like, the two-page spread of, like, my instructions on how to be an heiress, which I'm like, but that's the concept of the book. So, like, what are these two pages? Like, there's just a lot of, like, we got to fill the space up, like, just kind of keep saying the same stuff again. But, like, one of her instructions is, like, never just have one cell phone. And I'm like, I don't know how I would ever survive with two. Oh, my God. One is too much for me. (laughs) She has – well, something horrifying that comes out in the documentary is that every time she gets a new boyfriend, she buys a new laptop. Oh, my God. She has piles of laptops. She has so normalized abuse in her life that she's just like, that way they can't go through your photos and get mad at you for something that you didn't even do. (laughs) And you're like – Yeah. Okay. I do think there's a lot of darkness to her, but a lot of it, I think, like, I don't think it started to come into her life until after this was published. I agree. Not that she didn't have any trauma until she was 23. Oh, do you not know the documentary reveal? No, what is it? She went to that. She went to apparently. What? You can say it. Just tell me. I probably won't. I mean, like, I'll watch it, but like, not for like a twist. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. So she went to one of those, these like troubled teen boarding schools that are, have now come out as hugely abusive, where she was like put in solitary confinement and like verbally and physically abused for years. Boarding school. But this was like not a boarding school. This was like Like a, like a work work camp. camp. (laughs) Yeah. That's not surprising. where they like they put her on drugs. Like, you know, it was a real like Queen's Gambit situation where like we're gonna tr- she like stopped taking her medicine at one point and they found out and they like took all her clothes from her and made her sit naked in a cell by herself for 24 hours as punishment, like without food or anything. Like it was that kind of that's illegal. Um, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. that's what it, it turns out these places should be shut yeah. down. So then she like, teams been a huge up with like her old classmates to like take them down, which I don't think they've succeeded yet, which feels weird. Like it feels like now that people know about this, shouldn't they just go away? But here we are. If she, if she can't draw that attention, like who can? You know what, though? It's, they're all in Utah. So I was just talking to my friend about it who was a journalist oh. in Utah who like was like, oh, I was looking into that. But the Utah. thing is in Utah, it's so lawless. The Mormons have such a stronghold. They really I mean, do. look at the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Just look at it. <laughs> it's like you can tell things are fucked up in Utah and no one cares. So that was like her darkness. And she talks in the documentary a lot about how she in there decided she was going to be successful and famous and make as much money as she could. And that was her driving force. And she like concocted this persona yeah. knowing. And this is a funny book because it seems tongue in cheek, but I also think it is pretty dead on about she's like, I came up with Paris Hilton. I said, this is what people want to see. She's like, I know people love dumb blondes. I know people love 
scandal. She talks a lot about like taking charge of a situation by just laughing at yourself with everyone and the way that that like, yeah. and I mean, as a, a zoom but full of comedians. Yeah. I mean, if I could have more, but also it really does like pinpoint like why we love her so much because she's not out there being like, like this, what I'm doing is serious. She like knows it's funny and that's why you can't like you're even when you're laughing at her, you're laughing with her, except for when you're, I think she lost control at one point. <laughs> She's in on the joke most yeah. of yeah. the time. Whereas I think like everybody else, except Nicole Richie, I think also was always in on, I think she was always like really fucked up. I think she was time, always so, like, in on the heroin. I do think that she <laughs> yeah. was like, you know how when somebody's drunk in a drunk driving collision, like the driver survives because their yes. body's too limp. I think yes. that that's how you could describe Nicole Richie's experience is simple. Like yes. she was just too fucked up on opioids to like really take on the full abuse <laughs> the, that was yes. being hurled at her. Absolutely. And like, I think that like, it's why we like Paris and we don't like Kimberly Stewart and we didn't like Kim Kardashian and like, mm-hmm. we do, and, and why like Lindsay Lohan like doesn't get, and the Olsons, though they're not like party animals. They're just like so thin. Um, <laughs> yeah. so. They were party animals for a bit. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they're like, God, I love them. Um, I know, I okay, sorry, so not much. to talk about the housewives again, but like one of the things I always say about why I love the housewives is because it's like endlessly fascinating to me how people think they're coming across versus how they actually come yes. across. Yes. And I think Paris Hilton is one of the few celebrities who comes across exactly as she intends to. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's all, it, it's way more calculated than like yeah. the average person wants to admit. Like there's even like, you know, of her instructions, number 13, act ditzy, lose things. It throws people <laughs> off and makes you think you're a adorable and less together than you really are and like that's literally the whole book could just be that like that's exactly it like I do think it's so interesting the way that like everything she has everything broken down like number five develop a way of entering a room that looks royal and regal but not snobby learn how to pose in an onslaught of flashing lights without blinking um like that's hard yeah know your best angle like she talks about studying paparazzi photos to like figure out how to stand at her best. Right. She's smart. Like, yeah. She admits that she, like, didn't care about school, which, like, now knowing um, what's in her documentary, it makes sense that she didn't. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, like, she didn't, she's, like, people seem to care about going to a good college now, but I didn't. And it's, like, okay, well, <laughs> you don't have to. Like, um, but she is very smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she yeah. understands that extreme is better than the best. Like this thing about yes. only fast food or the most fabulous food. Greasy yes. chips, they're perfect crab cakes, cotton candy or caviar, fast food or foie gras. And then she goes on to be like, I never eat caviar because people expect it. Like it's just, she talks about having the highest luggage, like all yes. uh, Chanel luggage or beat up shitty luggage. Yes. And she's like, whatever you do, do it extremes, keep on their toes. It's not all about being high fashion. It's about being like unpredictable, but the yes. most. Yes. Yeah. This one. You know, like an intelligence and a, like a, like an approach to fame that like men will consider, uh, will not consider intelligence and like, are like, that's just, and it's like, well, she's like better at navigating her life than like, I would say 95% of the adult men that I know. Like, yeah, but yeah. it's, there's this like female element of like, this is like trickery. And so, and it's like, no, she's just like being smart about this. I screamed like, at someone once because influencers are on. I think when people talk shit about influencers, I'm kind of like, if you look at what a successful influencer does, they have taken the job of 19 people and made it themselves. And it's hard to be a successful influencer. Like that's why there are so many people who are doing it badly. Like so, so many. 
Right. Just because you see like a few very attractive women in that like space, everybody's like, oh, you just have to get, it's like there are 1 million as if not more attractive women not succeeding below them. Exactly. They don't have the skills that these women had and like the timing. I know. Oh my God. I would fucking. Paris Hilton in her documentary, she said she had 17 businesses and her perfume alone has done almost $3 billion worth of sales. Oh, her perfume is a whole, I was like going down a rabbit hole of celebrity perfumes recently. And I was like, oh, they are like such a cash grab. And so, and like, you know, there's so many of them and like most of them do okay. But the ones that like break through are like just printing money. Mm-hmm. And it's like when people, if you think about like $3 billion, like, like think about how much you would get paid and how much you would respect the people who do the marketing for Coca-Cola. Right. She is the person doing the marketing for Coca-Cola. That is Paris Hilton. Like, right. 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 For like a worse product. Yeah. Which, <laughs> like, like those perfumes are bad and like the <laughs> bottles are ugly and like, they're not, they're actually not, they're the antithesis of like, what's so interesting about like her products and like, also like a lot of the products that like wealth, like. Jessica Simpson is another example. Yeah. She's different because she's not from wealth. So like her person, like her persona is a little more down home, but like, like Paris doesn't wear her perfume. She wears <laughs> fucking Chanel or like, bes- or like more expensive, like bespoke stuff that like, we don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Or honestly, like vanilla from the grocery store. I believe that she would like <laughs> throw, I believe that, that she would actually just like roll around in a Snickers bar and be like, men love chocolate, smell like chocolate. <laughs> Um, yeah, wait, yeah, there was this one, this has nothing to do with anything, but there was this one that I like actually wrote on the tab, um, which is, it's the chapter about Nikki and she, this paragraph, Nikki and I got the shopping bug pretty early. I remember we would put a table in front of our bedroom and make a little shop. We'd pretend to sell stuff to our parents and our friends and we'd make real money. I guess that was my first memorable experience with stores and shopping. It sure wouldn't last. And it's like, no, that's not shopping. That's a business ownership. Like <laughs> you did it. Like that didn't make you love shopping. That made you love selling things. Like, that, that is interesting. That, that is so interesting. And that she's like, we turned a profit selling. To she's like, we made real money. Like giving our parents things they bought us. Like, she's not an idiot. Yeah. Um, What I was going to say, though, is um, one that stuck with me that I think is really interesting is number 14. And then after this, we can move on from the heiress tips. Oh, no, I have one. Okay, okay. you do yours. And I I just said this one, if all else fails, act bored, but not boring. There's a huge difference. I think that tells us, like, everything we need to know about Paris is like set yourself up to be comfortable but like do not be dull like her entire life is like in pursuit of not being dull and like in that way aside from her actual success it's like even her failures are not boring you know what I mean like every single thing she does people are it's so fascinating I I would like to say mine uh have a great name if you're going to be an heiress, you can't have a normal name unless you're British. All British people have plain names and that works pretty well over there. First of all, that's funny. That is really funny. And then the second funny. thing I want to talk about is she talks about how much she loves her name and she goes, Paris, my favorite city. And she goes, Paris without the P is heiress, isn't it? Um, I just want to say, motherfucking Jane Eyre, like, 
that was considered genius writing by that goddamn Bronte <laughs> yes. sister. And yes. so for Paris just to be like, she thought that was so clever that she put it on the cover of her book. She literally made a main character. She made an entire novel that persists to this day. I read it in high school and in college. Yep. <laughs> it was hide. I love it. Hide a literature, incredible feminist novel ahead of its time. Great novel. <laughs> Paris throws it away. Tip two in the confessions of how to be in there. <laughs> I mean, this woman's literary, I literally, she had something, oh, I found a quote today from The Simple Life where she's giving dinner and she's like, I hope you like this dinner I ironed. And I'm like, that's Gertrude Stein. That's the kind of goofiness that Gertrude was coming up in her saloon. Absolutely. No, she's, I think she's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another thing that like separates her from, I think a lot of the other, I mean, Nicole is also funny and that's why like The Simple Life is I would say more entertaining than most comedies that come out today. So (laughs) everybody can go fuck themselves. Like they are very irreverent in a way that like they, like you think that they're basic and like, which wasn't even a term like when she, like she was at her height, but like they appear like, Oh, like they love pink and shopping and it's just like rich girls. It's like, no, they're like really weird. Like she's weird. I think they're really like that. Like, every single meme I see from that show, like, makes me laugh. Like, that one that yes. um, Claire posted the other day about, like, the revolution where they're just, like, we're just going to stay in and watch TV or whatever. But then the second part where she's, like, I think we're going to quit the job, love you, bye, or whatever she says. <laughs> so funny. They're so like, funny. Also, I mean, she does do a, the only, like, actually confessional part of this book. And I do think it's funny that's Confessions of an Heiress. And she's like, my number one confession, always keep a secret. I'm not going to tell you anything. (laughs) So literally, (laughs) the book is about how she'll never tell you what's going on, actually. And like, that's her big confession is that you can never know. But the only part that's actually confessional and kind of like, uh, like here, uh, peek behind the curtain, if you will, is when she talks about Simple Life. Yes. And she... First of all, it's written so goddamn boringly. She's like, first we started in Miami. We worked out a club. Then we drove. Then there was bugs. And then, we, and like literally. It's so boring. Can I I'm say, like, seven year old, I did boring. think that that, reading the way that she wrote about it, it kind of feels like the producers like thought they were pranking them. It doesn't feel like anyone liked them or yes. thought out the show. It felt like they were like, how can we like fuck with Paris and Nicole? And then Paris and yes. Nicole like accidentally made an incredible show. Yes, like it does kind of seem that way. It just like they're they're kind of mean. Like the whole concept of it, they're like, oh, they did too well with the first version of it. So for season two, we're gonna like put them in a car and say, get across the country. And if you want money, you have to beg for it. Like, yeah, what concept is that? <laughs> no, it's just like making like hot rich girls uncomfortable and like yeah. essentially like punishing women for being everything that like men want them to be. <laughs> which lol fun tv (laughs) but then they made it actually good that's the thing is they made it so good and it i mean there's so many versions of that that have tried to exist since and i feel like people really don't understand that about reality tv if there's a reality tv show that people are talking about and becomes a part of like popular culture it's a good show (laughs) right rarely the concept that is what makes it good yeah it is the people i mean the jersey shore I have to say, Polly D and Vinny have some of the best banter of any best oh, yes. friends. Yeah, I mean, they are the impractical jokesters. <laughs> <laughs> Where's their cruise? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like I do think that with reality TV people, like it's so easy for people to dismiss just like every ounce of it. But yes. like they, I mean the Kardashians, like I think that like now they've gotten obviously out of control. It's just like a fire that we need to put out, but right. I don't know how. But I mean, at the <laughs> time I loved watching them. And then every other rich family, like they kept trying to slap these rich families on the air yeah. and don't give a shit. <laughs> no, it's, it's about personality. And like, also like, I mean, re- I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about the importance of reality TV in our culture and how I hate <laughs> when it's denigrated because I like, you can't say that like, the simple life is bad, but like, this is us is good. Like, I'm sorry. Like the, I can't live in that world. Like, but like the, like Anthony and Tamanek. season trying to be like, how did Jess from Gilmore Girls die? Well, never I've know. never even seen the show, but I know I hate it. <laughs> but like Anthony and Tamanek and I would go on long rants about this at the president show. Cause he's like a very, very big housewives fan. And it's like, if you want to see humanity, like you watch reality TV, like no matter how produced and how like, you feel it's scripted or planned. Like you're still watching human beings react in a way that like one of our listeners see outside of room. Um, I just found it because she literally <laughs> like uses this is us and housewives to like make her point. Watching the real housewives is like better than the people who watch this is us because you watch housewives like critically and it's like a critical study of humans and like the kind of people who put their lives on TV instead of just like watching this version of something that like people write and create these characters that are like built for you to fall in love with. Like they're built for you to have a certain reaction. And there is right. no like behind the scenes what really happened. Like what are we supposed to think? It's like, no, what you're supposed to right. think is what the scripted show says to think. There's no like what really right. happened. They're telling you what to think. Yeah. They're it's not telling. like an and exercise like, in critical thinking. Yeah. It, not like the right. housewives where you're trying to figure out what the fuck is happening to Dorinda. <laughs> what is the actual motive of it? Like, you never know the motive of these people. And you no. just have to sit there and think, how could anyone be so angry and marry John? <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, she's not going to marry John. No, I but. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but it's like, right. You watch people, you watch housewives, you watch Bravo, you watch people like Paris because you're just like, you think that you're not like that. Like we watch those things and we think that we're, you know, NASCAR people who go to the races to see the, the crashes. And yes, that's the entertaining part, but you watch that thinking you're not that. And we're all, these are just heightened versions of like real people that we all know and and are. totally. And I think she literally sits down, she sat down and said, what do you people want to see? And she gave it to us. And then what makes me mad, I get mad when people like hate the Kardashians or hate Paris Hilton because I'm like, me too. They just capitalized on what we as a society created as values. These yeah. people didn't come out of a, you know, Paris and right. Kim Kardashian, they didn't come to our houses, put a gun to our head and demand all of our money for lipstick, for lips they invented. Right. They took, took the temperature of the room and became the people we want to see. And like, I think it's important to look at these people and think like, wow, this is what we want. Like, why is this what we yeah. want? And especially because- for reality TV, because everyone wants to be on reality TV. Literally right. everyone in this country is trying to be fucking famous on TikTok right now. And you need to look and be like, who are they modeling themselves after? What is creating the right. direction of the culture of this country? And you can only know if you're watching. So you and like, the entertainment industry is like fucking dumb. They will put, if people will watch it, they'll put it on TV. So like they wouldn't keep mm-hmm. putting people on TV that no one wanted to see. They're like, who, like the people who say like everyone hates the Kardashians, like nobody likes this. It's just like, obviously someone does because it would be canceled if no right. one did. Like, no it's one, they the are not making business. a point. They're putting stuff that people, that will sell commercials. Like, that's it. Right. And 
Right. It's rating well enough that they're not canceling it. They cancel ev- like shows all the time. Yeah. The ratings. So people are watching it. And like, it also like, you know, now I'll get on a pedestal and be like feminism and women, but like people like shit on Paris Hilton and the Kardashians and reality TV and all that stuff. Because it's like, Oh, these are just like, like the people we're talking about are exceptional. Like Paris is an exceptionally attractive person. Kim is exceptional. Like, the version of that for men is fucking sports. And we never talk about sports the way we talk about reality TV. And we never, like, it's the same that thing. That is so true. It's we so don't true. do it. And like, also, I mean, I would take a direct comparison in that their body is their work. That's like, a commodity. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, just, I used to joke that people who don't call Kylie, a self, Kylie Jenner a self-made millionaire, I'm like, she wasn't born looking like that. She self-made every part of that fucking <laughs> being. <laughs> Lord of God did not give her any of it. And like, and... Not, you know, and I'm not like, we should all get it, but it's like, she chose to sacrifice, like, health and, like, pain to look like that because she, not because she deep down is like, this would make me happy. She knows that it'll fucking cash checks. like And boy, does it. it, I mean, she's rich as hell. I'm like, (laughs) but you will never see people, like, because, like, we consider, like, athleticism a skill, but we don't consider, like, um, entertainment or, like, emotional quotient to be... You know, also the hard work. And I mean, we used to have a Britney Spears podcast and we talk about this all the time. Things that look fun, things that are inherently like coded as feminine are deemed like unworthy of like Mm -hmm. capitalist (laughs) value. But when we watch her documentary, like these people are working fucking hard. And like, I always like the Coke thing where she's the marketer and she's the brand. She's also the product. And so when you make yourself a billion dollar product, that like you have to be working as hard as inanimate objects you've essentially made yourself up and like she talks about on the road 250 days a year being up you have to like her ability to meet a lineup of people and stop and kiss and schmooze to always be emotionally on to be somebody who's known as someone out and about town and to always look good she's always being nice she can always stop she can I mean I just watched the Dolly Parton documentary and she talks about how she got stopped at a wedding and they're like oh we're so sorry we didn't mean to invite you to this wedding just to take photos of people and she goes no I asked for this she goes I wanted to be famous and so this is the job right that is more than people talk about work-life balance imagine if your work was your body and every time you left the fucking door existence I mean you can't ever turn off your email notifications for your face like and if you are having like a shitty month like if you just like feel like shit and you don't want to like work out and put on makeup and like do the thing and if you get near a window that's a headline like right the fact that you've like all of a sudden are a fucking mess who canceled appearances for a month like that's an enormous deal and then I mean I want to bring up the the phrase famous for being famous Yes. As a something great, that is a great discussion point. Absurd. <laughs> That's right. They made themselves famous for being exactly what we wanted. Like they made themselves famous right. for being like societal icons. I don't even know what they're famous for, but it's not just for being I don't know. Well, nobody, so nobody becomes famous by accident. Like yes. there are people who get accidental like flashes of fame, but nobody gets and stays famous be, because yeah. they did it. And didn't want to be. That's what I was going to say. There's so many, like, so many flashes in the pan who have comparable things. Yeah. And they are the ones, like, Paris is still Paris Hilton. Right. And, like, how? You know? Because I just she's did Paris. A, I just did a TikTok about, like, uh, the journey of Paris's cell phones. <laughs> oh, my God. And, amazing. <laughs> and it was almost, it was 
kind of eye-opening to me for how fucking long she has persisted because you know Kim K didn't even come in until the sidekick Kim K wasn't even her I say I'm like her sidekick with a sidekick right (laughs) but she predated that by she had the flip phone that she kept on her juicy couture sweatpants Mm -hmm. on the on the uh waistband and then she had the Motorola razor and then she had the sidekick and then she had the Blackberry and now she has her pile of iPhones but I'm just like, when you think about the way that this what is woman number? has, <laughs> it's like Paris, tell us. <laughs> I mean, I feel like she's had so many phones and so many numbers. If you just spent an afternoon guessing, you'd land on it. On one of them. <laughs> I mean, just statistically, she has to have had a fourth of the LA phone number. Easy. easy. But yeah, you don't maintain that kind of fame. You don't maintain that kind of. For that long is a choice. Yeah. It's a choice and, and, and it's, it's work. work. And it's a chore. And I yeah. do want to go on the record and say, I don't. Like when we were talking about like, oh, if you look like shit for a month and you go to the window and it's a bad headline, I don't necessarily feel pity for these people yeah. because they have chosen it. But I do think it deserves the recognition that this is not, yeah. I mean, this is not an, e- like, this is a choice they made that is a lot of work. And if they're successful, it's no different than being successful in any realm of the world. Totally. I'm not saying it's right. like we should pity them for not being able to do that, but right. it is a truth that like they, they don't get time off. Like they don't. Right. Have it. And so ever. you should be as in awe of their work ethic as you would be of like a hedge fund dude. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Or because like, like what, an NFL player. Spreadsheets? You can learn that on YouTube. Or a doctor. I mean, we right. have millions what of doctors. doctors. How many how many parasitons are there? Can One. I tell you? I could be a doctor. <laughs> do you know how much Grey's Anatomy I've watched? Let me do surgery right now. <laughs> um, I love the part that's her diet. I would actually love to know what she does eat all the time because like this is obviously like for the book though I think it is like I know I just have that reality. page open I would love to look I mean eat the Paris sushi diet. because the coolest and best looking people eat sushi that's all like that there's is nothing about like that's reason. a good reason yeah that's like, <laughs> I will say yeah. if you looked at someone you wanted to look like and emulated their diet you probably would get close to what they look like that's true <laughs> I believe if I ate what Gwyneth Paltrow ate it for long enough ate it sorry <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, do think, think of, <laughs> I could get down to 109, you know, I could do it. <laughs> One time I read a Gwyneth Paltrow thing about what she eats and it's like, she's on a strict diet until dinner. And then at dinner, she lets herself go crazy. And sometimes on the weekend, she'll let herself as a treat have a latte. And I remember being like, oh my God, if a latte is a treat, then not. I, I can't do take it. Take the cake, bitch. Have you heard I about her like twice it. yearly cigarettes? <laughs> yes. Her American spirit? Duh, of course I know. <laughs> I, I, I still love all the time. <laughs> I did. I think about, I like, um, years ago when Brian Cook still did competitive erotic fan fiction, I did one about Gwyneth and it <sighs> ended with like her having her cigarettes. <laughs> wow. Imagine, imagine making love to her so good. It's one of the semi-annuals. <laughs> I know. In my competitive erotic fan fiction, she ended up just trying to masturbate and failing because her husband walked in. Um, oh, I like at that. At the time, Chris Martin. <laughs> um, but I also love that uh, in her diet, it was like, Wait, where was it? If you're in LA, eat at Johnny Rockets or In and Out as often as you can. I love that like Johnny is, Rockets is a Los Angeles institution and not like a universal mall restaurant. Right. Not like the place that you like have to go because California Pizza Kitchen is too busy. Like, <laughs> but I have to say, she also talks about don't do paleo, don't do South Beach, never put yourself yes. on a diet. And she goes, mm-hmm. drink, never drink a diet anything, always drink the no full diet soda. pills. Right, no diet pills. I was saying it's not bad. But she is also someone who is objectively like 
blessed with a very good metabolism. She's blessed with a good metabolism that was aided by cocaine. I mean, you don't need yeah. to be on Fen Fen if you're on Coke Coke. Right, you know what I right. mean? Like, absolutely. I fully believe that this is her diet, but that her diet is also like she eats every two days. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, so like, like, it's like eat a lot of eat fast food, but like she only has like six meals a week. Um, yeah, exactly. So. And it's like the rest of the time, it's just vitamin water. Oh, I, I wanted to give real shout out to vitamin water. What a institution of the past, huh? <laughs> shout out to 50 Cent. <laughs> My God, vitamin. I remember. What was uh, the thing? Was there like a lizard? Yeah, a gecko Oh, maybe. There, wa- there was something. I remember when vitamin and water was new, kill me. And I was, um, there was a par- New York mag through a party and, um, Andrew WK hosted it. And Ted Leo and the pharmacists were doing backup for live karaoke. This was at studio B. I don't even want to tell you what year this was because it makes me feel so old, but like this, the open bar was just vodka and then two flavors of vitamin water. And my friend and I blacked out and woke <laughs> up the next day with black eyes. And we like, don't understand how. <laughs> Because it was just vodka and vitamin water and we didn't eat dinner. And we were just like, let's get fucked up. And like, she sang on stage, allegedly, but I don't remember it. (laughs) I cannot believe at their own goddamn party, they couldn't spring for three or four vitamin water flavors. (laughs) It was just, it was like one. Like they rented it to their own party. Oh, I know the pink and green one, that like weird ginseng flavor. No, this was before they would have ever had ginseng. It was like, it just, it was like triple, it was like XXX. It just tasted like dirt. And I like, don't understand. Do you remember? They were like pioneers (laughs) of like the irreverent, funny, the cool girl you don't know. Uh, They'd be like, what's in it? What's in it is your boss's tears. It's you saying, fuck you. I'm going to yoga today. It's you not picking your kids up from school because you're busy with your friends. Vitamin water. It's for cool yoga moms. Like that vitamin was like. Vitamin <laughs> water. Does it still exist? It does. It right? does because I remember I actually saw it the other. I literally drank a vitamin water zero recently. <laughs> Ew! I can't think of anything that I can taste it in my mouth, and I'm. <laughs> I will say I've had like weird. I feel like this whole quarantine has been like me walking into bodegas and being like. I'll try different beverages. Unexpected. (laughs) I mean, you're literally taking advice. Oh my god! You bought what? I'm unpredictable. Nerds. (laughs) I was like, I wanted candy, and I walked into the bodega, and I got nerds in a seltzer, and I came back up to my apartment, and I was like, Why? I wanted a candy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nerds are not candy. I do believe that nerds are vitamin. I think when she says she's drinking vitamin vitamin water she actually was taking herbs and putting them in seltzer and shaking it up and being yes. like my vitamin water <laughs> water with vitamins in it <laughs> wait did you get nerds in the cardboard box is that what they come in still yeah wow it's like blue, the purple on one side and pink on the other yeah. half pink on the other and you can eat just half side at a time or you can open up the middle right but it's like and well it's like some, some people don't like mixing the flavors <laughs> flavors at this time in america though i do think it's important to cross over the hat two halves whenever you can <laughs> yes it's true it's true that's what's going to bring this country together is nerds oh, um oh my god okay so just to get back to the book i i call me crazy i didn't think it was that bad and i was saying to ashley that if i had a 17 year old daughter and i knew she was gonna she wanted to be a piece of shit and you can't stop 17 year old girls from being pieces of shit no, they're only i wouldn't them. mind if she modeled herself off this book because it did feel like the two I guess the three main takeaways from this book are be unpredictable, mm-hmm. lead with confidence. Basically, her her thesis is that being an heiress is just acting like an heiress. And she says, act entitled. And ob- normally, I wouldn't suggest that. But I do think young girls and women 
they could start with a little more entitlement because yes. it, mm-hmm. they do need the confidence. And she, it's really just like saying, if you act cool, people will think you're cool. And that is like good high school advice. Absolutely. And then the third one is always be nice. Yes. I will say that like the lesson, like the specifics, I wouldn't necessarily love someone to follow, but like no. the overall message is one that's like, and it's, there is a big, like, be yourself element to this. That, yeah. Like, she's like, I don't know. I'm always on the worst dress list and people hate the acting that I do. And I mean, this is before her song came, her album came out and I love Stars Are Blind. <gasps> Stars Are Blind is so good. It's a good, <laughs> it's, it's a week. It's iconic. Ashley thinks it's Gwen Stefani-esque. <laughs> I do think it's, it's listen good. to it again. It sounds like Gwen Stefani's solo album. Ooh, mm-hmm. I have to, I will listen to it again, but it's like. <laughs> Overall, she's like, I kind of don't care what people think. And, like, everybody makes fun of me for liking pink. But I like it. So I wear it a lot. Like, I mean, there is kind of, like, a just be yourself element to it that I think is missing from. And there is, like. And and is, like, actually grounded in her behavior. Whereas, like, so many people are like, be yourself. And it's like, who the fuck are you being? That's not Yeah, Kristen. (laughs) Like, Kristen, uh, fuck. And now I can't even think of her name. The one that just got divorced. Yeah. Cavalry. Yeah. Like, imagine being like, be yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am. (laughs) Um, I think that there's like obviously a lot of room for improvement in her relationship advice. A lot of it is like, guys want this, be this for whatever. But like, there's one little chunk about knowing when to dump a guy and like to not stay with someone just because you don't want to be by yourself. And that I was like, true. (laughs) It's good advice. You know, it, it follows shortly her being like, don't do like, don't be a surgeon. Guys hate smart girls. Like, yeah, like, no. there's a lot of like, those, and like, it's hard to know, like, obviously like a man did ghost or not even co- like, ghost, right. Co-write this with her. Um, so it's also hard to know like where like the jokes from him come in. Totally. Cause like, I think like sometimes and like, there's no way to know like what's her and what's him, but like some of the jokes and like the little like tongue in cheek elements of it, you're like, I think that this is what a man thinks a woman wants to be. Like, yeah. Um, well, then there are a couple times when she'll be like, it's all about like have a career and have your own interests. She says specifically, she goes, when you're with a boyfriend, it shouldn't like, he should never be your top priority. You should always be your top priority. And then she right. says, it's very cool now to have your own thing going on. She has that like weirdly astute line where she goes, um, even if men are rich, they're attracted to money. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, that's fucking true. And then, um, I don't think a man would write that. No. No. And like I do think that that's spot Definitely not. on. The one thing I did want to say about her dating advice, that this is what it was, was that in her dating advice, it was the only place where I saw defensiveness. Like, I think she is pretty good about taking her public image. Laugh. She says, when the media messes with you, mess with them. Like, right. I tripped in a koi pond and I laughed it off and that's fine. And then she says, I never laugh at anybody when they're embarrassed because I know that it sucks to be embarrassed. And I think that's very sweet and kind. Yes. But she is obsessed with saying, don't be easy. She's obsessed. She says like 10 or 12 times that she has not had sex with as many men as people think next to saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. And I do think that um, having a sex tape tape leaked of you at 18 and being a national punching line or punching bag as, even though she might be one of the top 10 all time people who doesn't care about what others think of her. I do. I do see a lot of that affecting her coming through the writing. I do think she really wants to undo that damage and she can't help that 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 got through. And it sucks too because like that's not like there's lots of other things about her that I think she would be more um, like she's like don't do this but do it who cares like whatever like I think like her obsession with like not seeming like a like I hate using this word but like not seeming like a slut is like because like being a slut is bad and like being on the worst dress list isn't like 
a moral failure yeah. in the way yeah. that like our country treats like women who have like a healthy sexual appetite as like a moral failure and like how bad it is. And, like the obvious, like long discussed double totally. standard of like men having a lot of partners and women having a lot of partners and I like mean, what that means for them. And I think that like, it's just like, it's frustrating because like, you're like, Oh, that sucks. Cause like, that's not, that's something about our culture that you can't change. And like all she can do is like be defensive about it. And it's like something mm-hmm. about our culture, but also probably like she comes from like a very uptight family. And I think that like her antics are probably like, Oh, Paris being wacky. That doesn't look good. But like Paris having a sex tape, that probably was something that like deeply affected her familial relationship. <laughs> you know, what I, I mean? also do think that to have the nation, I mean, in her documentary, she talks about the sex tape and she says it was like being digitally raped by everyone in America. I fucking bet. And yeah. I believe that. I mean, I've heard like uh, Gabrielle Union talk about what it was like when her nudes were leaked and like all those women who come out, like that's true humiliation. And to be the laughing stock of everybody right. in America. And I do think that not just that it's like a, a publicly immoral thing to be that she can't change and it was like at the time it was seen as so evil i do think that when everybody has called you a slut to that level there is like you're gonna want to fight back to some degree even if you don't want to fight back like i don't know how you could not want to yeah and like the way that like the tabloids in particular were so like flip about showing those pictures and making fun of her like they led that charge and it's like the tabloids are like something that like I, she probably felt super betrayed by them. Cause I think like she, there is a symbiotic relationship between her and tabloid culture, I think at certain mm-hmm. times, but like that one is just so. Totally. Uh, in her documentary, she, her social media manager owns a paparazzi company that he says was fully made off the back of Paris Hilton specifically. And he said at her oh. prime, a good photo of Paris could go between 50,000 and a million dollars. And he goes, so when you have men, competing for that much money on one day you could walk away with a million dollar photo like the industry like the mini industry that comes from that kind of power that you are just walking i mean people will do crazy things for a million dollars they will like you will die yeah (laughs) they will they will i mean like i mean also like we look at princess diana in Mm -hmm. the same way like it's like just this obsession with getting images especially of women um and especially unflattering ones is Mm -hmm. a disgusting element of like what tabloid culture wrought onto all of us yeah yeah but, uh, I will say, but like, she did her best <laughs> again yeah. i do think that the overall takeaway of this book is like don't let other people's shit get you down and like be confident and so like clearly she's brushed a lot she like really publicly does a good job of not letting it get to her which is oh, impressive yeah. not I even know like a weirdly good like she does like a shockingly good job of like I get like two negative comments and it sends me into like a month-long spiral and like <laughs> oh I know oh my god you recently we got a lot of hate for a- <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I feel like I'm always getting yelled at on Twitter and I'm just like I am just having fun on here can you guys all fucking take the stick out of your ass That's when thing, something like, as fun. benign as a joke but sometimes I'm literally like they're joking <laughs> it's clearly a joke comedian is in my bio and like I've learned at this point, just because I've been on Twitter for so long and doing comedy for so long, that I'm just, like, never engaged with it. And, like, this time around, I, the Bodega tweet, I thought it was very funny. Like, I, like, the fact that it was on New York One was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I told my manager, I said, this is better than late night. And he was like, okay. Um, <laughs> like, I was like, this is more important to me. Um, but, like, to engage with people 
And like, I'm sure that's what it like for me that day was like very funny. I was like, Oh, this is hilarious. And I was like, that's probably how she approaches it at this point. Mm -hmm. Like there's people saying shit about her and taking bad photos and like making jokes about her all day, every day. And like, I'm sure like when her social, I don't know what her like current social media presence is, but like when it was accessible for people to like tweet at her or whatever, I'm sure it was only nasty. Um, And you have to just kind of be like, this is hilarious. Like grow up, you losers. I, uh, I'm currently being called anti-Semitic on TikTok. That's fun. Because I said Kabbalah was a bracelet-based religion <laughs> in the right, early 2000s. Like, in the early 2000s, it was. <laughs> and that's what I'm like. I'm on you. Like, all the people who are like, that's not what it is. You're belittling our religion. And first of all, somebody goes, what if I call Christianity a book-based religion? I was like, I don't know. It kind of is. And Catholicism is the necklace. So, <laughs> Yeah, they all boil down to like one artifact that you can point to that everyone worships unnecessarily. But the thing is, I don't even believe That's that religion. Kabbalah is bra- bracelet-based. I believe that the celebrities I'm making fun of reduced it to that. So it's right. like, that's what's crazy to me. I'm like, we're on the same goddamn side. Your Bodega tweet. You're yes. doing the persona of an idiot New Yorker. Yes. We're on the same side. We agree that this is a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. That's and the also, joke. Like, that's just a joke about how I buy candy everywhere. Like, and the fact that people read into it, like, all it says is like, hey, if you don't live in New York, where do you buy blah, 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 blah. Wait, M&Ms? I want M&Ms. Like, yeah. the joke is like, I've cut myself off talking to buy M&Ms because that's how I live my life. Like, I didn't say, hey, you fucking hasty losers, yeah. where in your shit town do you buy stuff? I hate you. Like, people get so, everybody just like wants stuff to be mad about. And, yeah. Like, and they feel like, like delete book. this video. And it's like, oh my God, there's oh my a joke God. that you don't find funny. And so it can't exist on the internet. <laughs> Right. And I feel like Paris, like, has been living that. Like, people don't like her. And, like, I think a lot of people are just threatened by the power that she has. Yeah. And, like, but them not liking her, like, won't make her go away. Like, it's so crazy the way people have this opinion where they're like, if I don't like something, no one can mention it or like it or follow it. And it shouldn't exist. Like, Paris, like, mentioning Paris Hilton makes you a fucking idiot. And it's like, Get a grip. (laughs) I've been thinking about the way women, like, like garner this, like, vitriolic hate. Like, the way that if you say you support Taylor Swift to people, they get angry in a way that if you brought up the Iraq war, they could also hate George W. Bush, but they don't hate him in a way where it, like, possesses their whole body. The way people hate Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey, Jessica Simpson, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears. Like, a lot of these women have had redemption arcs at this point, but whoever, right. like, the the woman du jour that we all hate is. I just saw, you know what's trending right now tonight? Amber Heard is a liar. There is a coup in the United <laughs> States of America, and the top trending hashtag I saw on my Twitter was Amber Heard is a liar. <laughs> I hate it. And I was just like... <laughs> I like we you could not get people to defend orphans with the anger right. that they have towards no, it's true. women who whose worst offense is sometimes they have very specific writers. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's just like people really hate women and people A lot. really hate um successful or attractive or especially both like yeah. successful attractive women are a threat to the power that men have over all of us my and favorite is when a successful attractive woman is like objectively successful and objectively attractive and then the response is not even like they'll be like well I don't like whatever they do or I don't think right. they're attractive like taking down one of those pegs and it's like 
Well, nobody asked. The billion-dollar industry behind them said they're attractive right. and successful. So. Right. Like, there are a lot of people who, like Paris, like, try and become famous, try and become household names, try and become hot, try and become influenced, like, all of those things. And it's like, we live in a very deeply, problematically capitalist society. Money is the only thing that speaks. And if you think that these women aren't winning, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> they have done it, okay? Like, you're just, like... Nobody pays for things they don't want. And these women are cashing checks left and right because people want them. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) And it is, I mean, if you've ever come home from having uh, work drinks and been exhausted, imagine what it is to meet hundreds of tens of thousands of fans like per month having to be on all the time. That is a muscle and a skill that majority of people do not have. Absolutely. And like, I hate meetings. I don't like being in meetings. I don't want to go to a meeting, but like I, everybody's like, well, she doesn't make her perfume. She doesn't design her clothes. It's like, but do you think she has to sit in a lot of fucking meetings to make those things happen? Like she's not not in the lab mixing. No, who the fuck is a scientist or like a beautician is a scientist. scientist. NASA NASA is making the perfume, but she's doing the numbers. Is that like, who, who do you think is mixing their own perfumes? Like just cause this one has Paris Hilton's name on it. means that it's not a legitimate perfume. Like yeah, Coco Chanel is dead. They still make Abercrombie is mixing Abercrombie perfume. Like what do you think is like, why is that a real perfume? And this one isn't right. You're just jealous because her name makes money. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Like, and also it is this thing where it was like, like influencers, people like Paris Hilton take things that men made us. Like they said, in society, you have to be hot and we don't want you smart. We're not gonna let you go to school or have a credit card. So be dumb. And then they took it and they still won with those qualities. And it makes yeah. people so mad. And it's like, you have to be twice as smart to take all the things that were supposed to hold you down. I mean, one of my favorite quotes in this book is she talks about becoming a model and she goes, well, I was really flat chested. I had no boobs. And I said, well, what can you do with no boobs? And she said, I guess I'll have to be a model because that's all you can do. And then she said, so I did it. And now I love having no boobs. It's so fun. And I was just like, one, that's like good. Like I, that's the kind of advice that like I was very flat chested and like literally I had to do that Was. same whole thing. <laughs> All right, Ashley, <laughs> we're trying to empower women here. <laughs> I am, but when when I was insecure about it, I had to like fucking. I remember being like, I can wear slutty tops. I don't have to wear a bra. Like, how do I make myself feel good about this? How do I make this a positive? How do I work harder with the things that are obstacles? Yes. Yeah, like she is a make you know get lemons make lemonade type yeah. person. Like I understand that she was born rich, so yeah. like that does take a lot of the struggle off the table that most yeah. people have to deal with. But at the same time, like I don't know, she could have just sat around and been rich, and instead yeah. she like got richer. Yeah. She says she goes a lot of heiresses don't have jobs. That's why it makes it cool that I do have a job because no one expected it from me. I didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. In conclusion, She's, do we have? She others? definitely out earned her parents. For sure. Oh, big time. By a lot. Um, I guess at the end of the day, I started liking Paris, and now I'm, like, still love Paris. (laughs) Yeah, all this did was make me like her more and, like, understand a little bit of, like, the machine behind, like, what a success she is. 
Oh, yeah. can I, I'm sorry. Before we wrap up, I just had one last point I wanted to make. Please. So we've talked a lot about how this book literally is like bullet points on how to pretend you're Paris, basically. And it's yeah. a lot of fake it till you make it. Like she has a lot of tongue in cheek things like to be an heiress, the best thing you could do is have perfect genetics and be bored right. with her family. That's what, but then she goes on to be like, but if you can't do that, you can always just act like you are. And she even right. has a few jokes of being like, if you want to be rich, uh, just hang out with rich people and fake it and say you'll get them next time and then never get them back. And then right. you just keep writing on their <laughs> private chat. And if you're fun enough, nobody will even know you're poor. And then... And I do think she created with this the blueprint for people, I would want to say, like, Caroline Calloway. The scammers. And Anna Delvey. And that really is what they, I think Caroline Calloway talks a lot about, like, making the exact same realizations that she made, which is Americans are obsessed with this idea of a princess who has, like, and obsessed with a certain idea of a carefree richness yes. where you have all the money to do whatever you want, but none of, like, nothing to, up, like, to yeah. behold in to like social mores or whatever and caroline calloway figured that out and anna delvey almost made it but she got too greedy <laughs> yeah i mean once you're doing things that are illegal then like you're kind of like playing and yeah she wasn't like fire. using people she was stealing stealing <laughs> yeah right. i mean you can't yeah you can't steal from poor people <laughs> right you also can't try to buy like a 20 million dollar building there is going to be like fake it till you make it but at some point someone's going to check a number like at yeah some point, at, there's paperwork yeah. right exactly like you do have to actually come up with an amount of money if you want to buy something <laughs> i mean yeah there's amount you could be a clinger that like gets a lot of free drinks when somebody else buys the table but I do yes. think you cannot try to start a museum and, in a foundation. Yeah, an art foundation. I'm still <laughs> unclear about what that means. <laughs> oh, but and the, then my the vagueness is the the vagueness yeah. is what makes it work. Is because we're yeah. all like, I don't Money's know, an art foundation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people out there are full of shit, and as, the sooner you realize it, the sooner you can get on that shit train and ride it to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just like that movie. What was that? What was that, that movie? About train? The, no, about the life train. Oh, Snowpiercer? Yes. <laughs> I did not think that that's what you meant. Like an actual train. <laughs> you guys, also, we've been doing a lot of podcasts together. <laughs> it's also a show on TNT, so don't just write it off as a feature film. <laughs> oh my God, I saw an ad for that show literally the other day, and I went, oh my God, this is a real ripoff of that movie I saw once. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, oh, it's just the same. It's the same, same IP. <laughs> same IP. I'm like, Jennifer Connelly is doing cable? I don't love that for her, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I, I like, mean, love her, so. It's hard to stay in the limelight. I will say 10 years ago she did uh, he's just not that into you. So the fact that she's still relevant true. at all. Good I mean, her. I think if you're doing that movie, you're at the edge, right? Yeah, that's true. That's very I don't true. know. I kind of think they do it to hang out with each other. I think that those like ensemble films, like some of the people who do them, I'm like, maybe they all just wanted to like make a buck and hang out. Also, like you make a lot of money doing those. Those right. movies make a fuck ton of cash. So yeah, they were like, "This paycheck is the funnest vacation with my friends that I've ever right. been paid yeah, for." Yeah, it's the Adam Sandler model. <laughs> yes, yeah. just hang out with your friends, and eventually, like, you'll get rich from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anybody have any final words on Paris? Just that we all love her, and that we think she might be really funny. <laughs> I think she's really funny. I think she's really smart. I think that, like, obviously, even though she didn't, like, write every word of this book, like, this is really her. This is not, like, 
you know, there's so many books where you're like, did you even read this when it came out? Or did you like, what happened here? Cause this is not you, but this is her. And I think it's fun. And I also love magazines. And I like that this book is basically a magazine. Oh, you got off easy. Like yeah. this took you what? 45 minutes to read. Some people I have to read like novels. <laughs> I read it the other day and I was like, wait, now I'm done. <laughs> like it like happened too quickly. And I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I feel like there are a handful like, of books that we've ordered that like when it comes in the mail, I'm like, what brick did I accidentally just invest in? What, how happened? long is Jenna Jameson's book? Oh my God. Jenna Jameson's book is in the hallway right now, but it is like 600 this, pages. It's like, it's, it's like a piece. <laughs> Why is it so long? Like what is there to, I mean, like, what is there more than 200 pages? I don't say? know. It's called Make Love Like a Porn Star, and I think that she really walks you through. <laughs> well, that's something. Um, anyway. I bet she has... We read Steve-O's, and I bet she has Steve-O disease, which is when you're such like a megalomaniac narcissist, you do believe that every day of your life was important. Yes. Yeah, his and, book like, was dense. Steve-O really was like every minute. Minute here by minute tracker of my entire thirty years on this planet, How and you were just like, know that I don't know what I. I, mean, I the pandemic obviously has made it like more complicated remembering time, but like <laughs> I don't know day to day like what I did the day before. And Steve was like, doing six hundred like with his time last year. Like it has nothing to do with the pandemic that I don't remember. Like I just wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, very strange. Well, I yes, I thank you for giving me an assignment that was so easy. <laughs> This was like about as much as I could handle. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. This was so fun. I got so yeah. fun. I could talk about this shit for hours. So I'm I really do we believe like we could have, have done like a yeah. line by line reading. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much. Where can thank people you find you? You can find me on Twitter, getting yelled at by mostly anti-Semites. Um, Fun. Uh, at Alice. Me. Limey. <laughs> 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 by Claire. Um, <laughs> um, at Alice Limey on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is just me being like, I made this today. It's food. Uh, help. I'm so bored. Um, like, <laughs> but on Twitter, I'm usually saying things that make people angry. So that's a more interesting follow. Amazing. Um, well, and you can listen you. to my podcast, Ruined, where my friend and I talk about horror movies. Oh, that sounds 